Hello, this is Pastor Jay of Walk to Radio Network, and I am excited to announce our newest talent on Walk to Radio Network, Minister Kay. She's going to bring us Karen's Corner, a two-minute exaltation of God's Word that should encourage you, bless you, and uplift you. So stay tuned in 2021 for Karen's Corner on Walk in Truth Radio Network. Please encourage her and we wish her all the best. And I am so excited to listen to this great woman of God give an exaltation based on the word of God for the people of today. Can't wait. Peace. If you do not have a place of worship, please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure. Please feel free to contact the ministry at 636 344 0539 or email us at witmin at yahoo.com. Thank you for your consideration. Be blessed, encouraged, and walk in the truth of the Lord. I ask God, we ask you that we take this word and allow this word to penetrate our hearts and our spirit. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So before I start, I would like anybody who has kids around um, and anybody who is faint at heart to understand today's lesson is going to be rated R. Um, <laughs> it's going to be rated R for content um, that uh, people who are not mature might not be able to take it. Okay. Tell them we're also on Facebook. I'm sorry. Uh, we're also on Facebook, uh, Walking Truth Facebook page. So uh, if you want to go on there now, we we're on there now. I see we have uh, four people watching right now. Amen. So we just thank you for today. But again, like I said, today is rated R, so we're going to be on Judges 19 and 20, and 21 is going to be um, by itself. So let's go ahead and go to. Judges chapter 19. Let's see if we can hear a familiar phrase. Stop me when you hear a familiar phrase, Mr. Stacey. In those days, when there was no king in Israel, a certain Levite was sojourning in the remote parts of the hill country of Ephraim. I'm going to start again because Stacey ain't stopping. In those days, stop. Okay. When there was no king in Israel. Right, stop. Okay, so we know now in chapter 19, they repeat this phrase, there was no king in Israel. And what usually happens after this phrase, everybody did what they wanted. Right? Right. A certain Levite was serving in the remote part of the hill country of Ephraim, who took himself a concubine from Bethlehem in Judah. So let's talk about some things. He took himself a concubine. So let's go to Exodus 21. Because he said they said when you say he took himself a concubine, that means that he married her. Okay. So let's go to Exodus 21. Yay. 
now these are the rules that you shall set before them. When you buy him you slave, he shall serve six years. And in the seventh year, he should go free for nothing. If he comes in single, he shall go out single. If he comes in married, then his wife shall go out with him. If, a, if his master gives him a wife, she bears him sons, then the wife and her children shall be her masters, and he shall go out alone. But if the slave plainly say, I love my master, my wife and my children, I will not go out free, then the master shall bring them to God. If you continue to read, you'll also learn in this chapter, and you can read that in your um in your leeway, um, in your leisure, it also tells you about how uh masters can um take a concubine and marry a concubine and they won't have any inheritance. Um, but um he you know he can produce with her if he has no no heirs. So the concubine really all he has to provide with her is food, um, shelter. And, you know, she just has to service him. Okay? Let's go back. Um, Nancy, can you pick up in Judges 19 and 2? Yes. <clears throat> 19 and 2. But his concubine plagued the harlot against him. And she went away from him to her father's house in Bethlehem in Judah. And was there for a period of four months. Then her husband arose and went after her to speak tenderly to her in order to bring her back, taking with him his servant and a pair of donkeys. So she brought him into her father's house. And when the girl's father saw him, he was glad to meet him. His father-in-law, the girl's father, detained him and he remained with him three days. So they ate and drank and lodged there. Now on the fourth day, they got up early in the morning and he prepared to go. And the girl's father said to his son-in-law, sustain yourself with a piece of bread and afterward you may go. So both of them sat down and ate and drank together. And the girl's father said to the man, please be willing to spend the night and let your heart be merry. Then the man arose to go, but his father-in-law urged him so that he spent the night there again. On the fifth day, he arose to go early in the morning, and the girl's father said, Please sustain yourself and wait until the afternoon. So both of them ate. When the man arose to go along with his concubine and servant, his father-in-law, the girl's father, said to him, Behold now, the day has drawn to a close. Please spend the night. Lo, the day is coming to an end. Spend the night here that your heart may be merry. Then tomorrow you may arise early for your journey so that you may go home. But the man was not willing to spend the night. So he arose and departed and came to a place opposite Jebus, that is Jerusalem. And there was not right there. Okay. So we understand, number one, chapter 19 is also out of order. Um, this came, uh, came about before Samson. Okay. Also, Jerusalem at the time was not the Jerusalem that we know of. It had um, Jebusites in it, um, or the spinoff of Amurites, so that they were a um, not an Israel land. Okay. So Jerusalem was occupied by foreigners. Okay. Okay. 
So we need to know the context of that because, of course, everybody thinks Jerusalem is part of Israel, but not at this time, not in this setting. Okay. Okay? So, and I also want to ask you a question. Why do you think that the father wanted him to stay so long? Because hmm. this is his, this is the concubine, right? The concubine, that's his wife. And before you got here, the concubine is his wife. And most of the time it's his slave. Right. But he can marry a concubine. She's just a lore. She's a, she's a second class wife. White number two. Bro. Yeah, so she's right. like, you know, you got the wife that's an Israelite, and you get Abraham had concubines, okay. David has concubines, you know, Saul had his concubines. So, you know, but they didn't okay. inherit anything. Got it. Okay? But it seems like if he has an excessive hospitality, he, it's like he didn't want him to leave. You think he might have been protecting him? I think so. It's like to me, it was a precursor, like, don't go at night. Mm -hmm. You know, uh -huh. don't leave. You know, leave, leave in the morning. And he was telling him to leave, and he was like, nah, I'm finna go. But he even tried to leave in the morning, though. He tried, like... Yeah, but I think he just didn't want him to... For some reason, he didn't want him to go. Okay. He might have need. I don't have the answer, but I just right. wanted to know, why do you think that's successful? Because after three days, I'm ready for somebody to go. <laughs> I don't think maybe that was his first time meeting him. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to spend some time with him. Well, after five days, what else would you gonna do? <laughs> we ate and drank and told stories. That's enough. Okay, let's have, let's find out what happens. <clears throat> and there and there were with him a pair of saddled donkeys. His concubine also was with him. When they were near Jebus, the day was almost gone, and the servant said to his master, "Please come and let us turn aside into this city of the Jebusites." and spend the night in it. However, his master said to him, we will not turn aside into the city of foreigners who are not of the sons of Israel, but we will go on as far as Gibeah. Now remind you, we started off, he's a Levite, okay? So of course he's gonna be like, no, we're not going to the Jebusites. Now he's not a priest, he's just a Levite, and he's not the same Levite from chapter uh, 18, okay? He's a different Levite. Okay, go ahead. He said to his servant, come and let us approach one of these places and we will spend the night in Gibeah or Ramah. So they passed along and went their way and the sun set on them near Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. They turned aside there in order to enter and lodge in Gibeah. When they entered, they sat down in the, in the open square of the city for no one took them into his house to spend the night. And that is kind of weird because Middle Easterners are known for hospitality. their hospitality. Mm -hmm. Nobody would let them in the house. Huh. And that is weird. You know, that's really weird because it's like, well, you know, I'm an Israelite. You're an Israelite. I'm in the land of Benjamin. You should, somebody should have said, you know what? Y'all come on in and we'll take you for a minute. Nobody did that. Huh. Keep on reading. Then, behold, an old man was coming out of the field from his work at evening. Now, the man was from the hill country of Ephraim, and he was staying in Gibeah. But the men of the place were Benjamites. And he lifted up his eyes and saw the traveler in the open square of the city. And the old man said, where are you going and where do you come from? He said to him, we are passing from Bethlehem in Judah to the remote part of the hill country of Ephraim. For I am from there, and I went to Bethlehem in Judah. But I am now going to my house 
and no man, no man will take me into his house. Yet there is both straw and fodder for our donkeys, and also bread and wine for me, your maidservant, and the young man who was with your servant. There is no lack of anything. So he's saying, nobody will take me in. It's not like I'm on free low. I got my own hay. I got my own drink. I got my own food. I just need somewhere to stay. Right. And he said, I'm, and it's a sentence in my book that was important. He says, um, I went to Bethlehem and Judah, and I'm going to the house of the Lord, but no one has taken me into his house. So he even saying, I want to need some place to sleep. Mm. And then I'll be out of your hair. Now, mind you, just keep remember his servant said, "Well, when we just stop somewhere else." Yeah. Well, I don't know if the servant knew something or whatever, but let's see what happens. Okay. Um. The old man said, "Peace to you. Only let me take care of all your needs. However, do not spend the night in the open square." So he took him into his house and gave the donkeys fodder, and they washed their feet and ate and drank. Now, let me ask you a question. He said, don't, he kept saying, what are you doing out here? Why are you out here? Yeah. Let me take you in. So now he's, he's, he's sounding like you need to get inside. It sounds like some kind of movie that you know something's going to come out at the, in, 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 yeah. the, in the square. Yeah, and you'd be like, you need to come on inside because cause, uh, Barnabas is going to come out and eat you. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, does, it seems yeah, like that. Yeah, like, like, like he knows something, he, he, like, he knows yeah. something that he don't right. know. Right, and, and that would be true because he's not even from there. He, right. yeah, yeah, he's not from there. He's living there. Um, he's an Ephraimite living in in the Benjamite country. Yeah. So he like, I'm coming. I'm coming. Come on in my house. Yeah. And come. he thought it would be safe to travel through his kinsman's country. Correct. It's actually dangerous. And it's actually dangerous. Like you going, you know, you you in neighborhood and yeah. you don't know. You're supposed to be among friends and family, but you really might be among. Correct. Enemies. Correct. So mm -hmm. let's go here. Go ahead. Okay, verse 22. While they were celebrating, behold, the men of the city, certain worthless fellows, surrounded the house, pounding the door. Okay, so let me read something. Go to 2 Corinthians. Um, uh, 2 Corinthians 6 and 15. And the word uh, Belial is what worthless fellows might be in some people's transcription. Um, trans, uh, Transcriptions, uh, <laughs> translations. Can you read Second Corinthians six and fifteen? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? And so this says the note from Eastward says the word is derived from two Hebrew, one signifying no prophet was used in the Old Testament, and the phrase child, son, or daughter of Belial is a signi signify a worthless person. And genuinely, as a substantive signifying worthlessness, it seems to have been personified among the latter Jews. So, uh, some such personification seems clearly indicative by the language of the apostle, and it is to become a synonym of Satan. Similarly, it can be the idea of Belial is presented in Judges 19 and 22, personified um, by uh, this book. But we must guard against import, importing the emanation of a poet in the interpretation of scripture. So the reason why I mention it is some people, this man who wrote this book called Milton and the Paradise Lost, used this word to refer to what happened in Judges 19.22. Okay? Just wanted to give you a little bit of background information. Okay? So let's go back and see what these worthless fellows are doing. And they spoke to the owner of the house, the old man, saying... 
Bring out the man who came into your house that we may have relations with him. Okay, so for those who don't understand, let's go to Genesis 19. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let's go to Genesis 19. Let's say sound familiar. Mm-hmm. Don't read that for us. Verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening as Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them and bowed down with his face to the ground. And he said, Now behold, my lords, please turn aside into your servant's house and spend the night and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. They said, however, no, but we shall spend the night in the square. Yet he urged them strongly. So they turned aside to him and entered his house. And he prepared a feast for them and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, surrounded the house, both young and old, all the people from every quarter. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to us that we may have relations with them. Keep on. Okay. But Lot went out to them at the doorway and shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brothers, do not act wickedly. Now behold, I have two daughters who have not had relations with man. Please let me bring them out to you and do to them whatever you like. Only do nothing with these men, inasmuch as they have come under the shelter of my roof. But they said, stand aside. Furthermore, they said, this one came in as an alien, and already he is acting like a judge. Now we will treat you worse than them. So they pressed hard against Lot and came near to break the door. But the men reached out their hands and brought Lot into the house with them and shut the door. They struck the men who were at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves trying to find the doorway. Okay, we can stop there. Now, let's go back and let's <laughs> compare the similarities. Go ahead. Go back to Judges 19 um, and go to 23. Yeah, right there. Okay. Then the man, the owner of the house, went out to them and said to them, No, my fellows, please do not act so wickedly. Since this man has come into my house, do not commit this act of folly. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Here is my virgin daughter and his concubine. Sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Please let me bring them out that you may ravish them and do to them whatever you wish. Mm -hmm. But do not commit such an act of folly against this man. But the man would not listen to him. So the man seized his concubine and brought her out to them. And they raped her and abused her all night until morning. Then let her go at the approach of dawn. As they began to dawn, the woman came and fell down at the doorway of the man's house where her master was until full daylight. When her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go on his way, then behold, his concubine was lying at the doorway of his house with her hands on the threshold. He said to her, get up and let us go. But there was no answer. Then he placed her on the donkey and the man arose and went to his home. When he entered his house, he took a knife and laid hold of his concubine 
and cut her in twelve pieces, limb by limb, and sent her throughout the territory of Israel. All who saw it said, Nothing like this has ever happened or been seen from the day when the sons of Israel came up from the land of Egypt to this day. Consider it, take counsel, and speak up. Okay, let's talk about this. So we got the scene of homosexuality. We have abduction in this. We have dismemberment. Mm -hmm. So on the surface, you said, oh, they had killed this man's slave, his concubine, his wife. But I have a problem with that. First of all, you so scary that you're going to give, now the man, the old man said, take my daughter and his concubine. He throws his concubine out there. Do what you want with her, but don't touch me. They do unspeakable things, rape her, and she died. What was the purpose of cutting her up? And he wasn't even worried about her because she ran on the step in front of the house and he, all he could say is get up. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's like now he's offended so he wants to cut her up to send to the other tribes to show how he got offended but he committed offense too just by cutting her up. Correct. And on top of that, he was mad at her because he didn't have to leave his home to go get her. She'd been gone for a month. Right. Let's not forget, she left without permission. She was a slave. She didn't get no leave to go. <clears throat> so he had to go get her. Then he had to stay five days unnecessarily with his, her, her daddy. Mm -hmm. And now she laying on the, on the floor. Why don't you get up? I got to go. The, the way you just put it together, he probably blamed her for her situation. Correct. Like, we, we, we wouldn't, you wouldn't have been in this situation if you stayed home. Correct. Yeah, and I ain't had to go and get you. And, and your daddy didn't make me stay. Right. It's all her fault. Come on, let's go. And, and now he mad right. because what he was going to do, and I'm speculating, he was going to punish her when he got home. And they, and he was like, so let, I'm going to go ahead and let her get punished because she shouldn't have ran away. Because if you go back to verse the first verse in 19, it says, let's go back. The first verse? No, no. It says, in the days when no king, a Levite was sojourning in the remote parts of the hill country who took himself a concubine and his concubine was unfaithful to him and she went away from him to her father's house. Mm -hmm. She knows the rule. She wasn't even supposed to go nowhere. The note in the book says, and my Bible says that she should have been killed as law required mm -hmm. and could have been if there was a devotion to holiness and obedience in Leviticus 20 and 10. Right. A priest was not allowed to marry a harlot, so his ministry was tainted. Yet he made little of her sin and separation and saw her back in sympathy. Hmm. But he wasn't... They're saying he was a priest because they're saying he was a Levite. He was, they're mentioning that he was a priest. Hmm. He could marry. A priest could marry. Right. But he wasn't supposed to marry a concubine. Right. So, there was no king. Even though the sentences ain't have it, everybody did what they wanted. Right in their own eyes, right? Yep. So even though he now we see in this note he was a priest who married a concubine, which he shouldn't have. Illegal, yeah. And now he would go get her, but he's still mad. So he thrusts her out there and they do unspeakable things. 
Now these are the people that he he wanted to be around because these are his people, and they not supposed to be doing what the Canaanites doing. And, and the main part, they wanted to do that to him. Correct. Yeah. They they wanted to do. I bet that to me it sounded like they they wanted to do it to him more, but they went on and took her because they mad because they didn't get what they wanted, and the old man protected him. Because this rule in the Middle East is that whoever, if somebody's in your home, mm -hmm. you, you can't right. let them no harm go, no harm mm -hmm. come upon them. So he was waiting to give his daughter and his concubine to them so they could leave him alone. That is, and so, you know, the square thing, that's the reason why he didn't want them in the square. Because they was going to handle him in a way. In a way like they like they was trying to do on Solomon Gomorrah. Yeah. The difference is, this, this wasn't no angel. Correct. So if he stayed out there, his him, his concubine, and his servant probably would have got raped. Yep. Because they had no they see and see this makes me think that this was one of this horrible spooky movie stuff because they watched him go into this old man house. How did they know where he went? Yeah, they got banging on that. the door at night. Right. But now you mad and you cutting up your your wife. And be, but you, you, you don't, you know, you acting like you blameless in this stuff, and you and you not blameless. You, you sent her out there. How you, gonna, how you gonna get mad? She dead when you sent her there. Yeah. Ain't no chivalry. Your man said, no, don't get me here, type of women. But of course, she was a slave, so she wasn't worth nothing. Mm -hmm. And she a woman, so she still ain't worth nothing. I'm just gonna and she, yeah, mm -hmm. still she, ain't worth nothing. So the eyes was against her, so she, it made no, never mind, she was. She wasn't nobody. She wasn't nobody. Mm -hmm. But he mad because somebody destroyed his property. Yeah. It right. went out of love. Right, they destroyed his property, but they also mistreated him. They mistreated him by destroying his property. Right. It had nothing, it really wasn't about, it was about, they took something from him. Correct. And you supposed to be my people. Right. Right. And then it's like, here, let me give you something that it although it's my property, it doesn't, it's not quote unquote worth anything. But here, take that. And then it's like, ah, oh, now you destroy it. Well, she was worth something. He just didn't want them to get he he said, I don't want you to screw me. Excuse my friend Jesus. You can have her. Well, you know, I'm gonna give you a court term. What he did was something like uh coming to court with dirty hands. Correct. His hands were dirty. His dirty was hand. And he come to a Gentile woman, which is against the law. Right. And then he wants he wants some retribution. Retribution. But you wrote the law from the you started. I mean, she didn't really start. We know we started her, but really he started by even marrying her. And this is a similarity to God. Thank you, Jesus. To Samson, when he got mad about his first wife. Now you shouldn't go do all this other stuff because she told secrets. You getting retribution, but you was in sin already. So this is a repeat. You did something wrong. Now you want you want to go after somebody else because they wronged you. But isn't that how isn't that how we do now? It's like we're the start of the sin, and when sin comes against us, now we're going to cry out to God and want some kind of protection. And we want some kind of miracle. Save me and blame Save somebody me. else. But, we, but it's our fault that we're in the mm -hmm. situation we're in. But we'll blame somebody else. Uh huh. Uh huh. Now let's go ahead. Let's go to chapter twenty. Mm -hmm. Because let's just I'm gonna give you a preface. Because of this man lies, because it really wasn't about this woman is dead. You cut her up for what reason? I don't understand. 
He has a responsibility for her death. It's his, he's, he's an accessory to the crime. But because of him and his and everybody doing what they want to do, now we finna have a war. Now, let's set the stage for a Benjamite. Do anybody remember in Judges a famous Benjamite who was a judge? Samson. Oh, was he? He was. Uh-uh, he wasn't a Benjamite. It was Ehod. Yeah. Okay. Remember, he stuck that uh that knife into and the man's stomach while right. he was on the toilet. Yeah. Oh, he's the left handed. The left handed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, Benjamites are uh are ambidextrous, yeah. and so the, you fighting the, the badness because they could cut with both hands. Mm -hmm. So now they finna go up to war against the Benjamites. Mm -hmm. So these aren't the people that you need to fight. You know, you fight other people, but you don't. The Benjamites are the ones that that are. Are uh, you know what I'm saying? Aggressive. Aggressive. They the ones that know how to fight. Okay, well, they was the smallest tribe. Weren't they the smallest? Yeah, but they was the baddest. They was one of the smallest, but they was the baddest now. And it's kind of interesting when we talk about the Benjamite. You know, Paul was a Benjamite. Mm-hmm. So you know, you see, you see. Uh huh. Go ahead. Twenty. Judges twenty. Then all the sons of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, including the land of Gilead, came out, and the congregation assembled as one man to the Lord at Mizpah. Okay, so they know um, this is the first time um, that it said that, that, that the Israel, the tribes were one man. In addition, I want to make everybody aware. The beginning of Judges, we talk about fighting the Canaanites because it's a recap of what happened in Joshua. Remember? Right. Now, at the end of the book of Judges, we're not fighting the Canaanites. We're fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. The chiefs of all the people, even of all the tribes of Israel, took their stand in the assembly of the people of God, 400,000 foot soldiers who drew the sword. Now the sons of Benjamin heard that the sons of Israel had gone up to Mizpah. And the sons of Israel said, tell us, how did this wickedness take place? So the Levite, the husband of the woman who was murdered, answered and said, I came with my concubine to spend the night at Gibeah, which belongs to Benjamin. But the men of Gibeah rose up against me and surrounded the house at night because of me. They intended to kill me. Instead, they ravished my concubine so that she died. And I thought, that's a lie. They ain't not come to kill him. They told the old man they want to have sex with him. <laughs> they did not say they want to kill him. He exaggerated. Because he wanted his story to sound legitimate. He didn't tell them, I came here to get my concubine. I could have stayed somewhere else. <laughs> and I threw her out there. Did he say that? Because that's the truth. And he probably just figured that they was going to intend to kill him because of what they did to her. He just probably they like, wasn't, But the killing part is, I mean, in, in a sense, to some men, and I would think that if you heterosexual, being raped by a man is almost worse than death. So and you can make that analogy, but that what I'm saying is they didn't come to say they're going to kill him. They wanted him. They wanted to rape him. 
Now they could he could have said that that would have been a true statement. <laughs> Instead, they raped his concubine, and I and I would say this: she wasn't dead until they threw her on that step. Because if you go back and read, it says and and she she was reaching, she was over there overnight. Mm-hmm. So she her wounds were probably severe, mm-hmm. and she died laying on that step. Yeah. Unless I'm reading it wrong. Let's go back and see. I want to make sure. I'm not going to say nothing wrong. But, no, because it said. Uh, let's see. On verse 27. Uh-huh. It said, when her master arose in the morning and opened the doors of the house and went out to go on his way. No, no, go to 26. Oh, oh, go up one more. As the day began to dawn, the woman came and fell down at the doorway of the man's house where her master was. Until full daylight, so maybe she 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 the woman came. They let her go. It says, and they knew her and abused her all night until the morning. And, and as the dawn began, they let her go. Yeah, so she she made. She it was then. alive when they left them people. Mm-hmm. And she died. Overnight. She died laying down on that footstep. Yeah. So let me ask you a question: Did those men the uh, the Benjamites kill her? Well, they, well, they left her for dead. I mean, yeah, they left her for dead. no, no, they didn't leave her for dead. They said they let her go, and she, and as the morning appeared, she came and fell down. Yeah, so they did what it would take to kill her. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you commit a crime and somebody died, then you get you get charged with murder too. Correct. Yeah, I'm just asking. I'm I'm not saying that your answer's wrong. I'm oh. just making sure that we validate that technically they precipitated her death, but they didn't kill her. Right. Okay. Yeah. They're the cause of her murder, but they didn't. They didn't kill her. her. Yes. Okay. So now we finna go to war because he said they intended to kill me. They intended to kill him and they murdered her. Now no, it says and they they violated my concubine and she is dead. Go ahead. And I took hold of my concubine and cut her in pieces and sent her throughout the land of Israel's inheritance. For they have committed a lewd and disgraceful act in Israel. Behold, all you sons of Israel, give your advice and counsel here. Go ahead. Then then all the people arose as one man, saying, Not one of us will go to his tent, nor will any of us return to his house. But now this is the thing which we will do to Gibeah. We will go up against it by lot. And we will take 10 men out of 100 throughout the tribes of Israel and 100 out of 1,000 and 1,000 out of 10,000 to supply food for the people that when they come to Gibeah of Benjamin, they may punish them for all the disgraceful acts that they have committed in Israel. Thus, all the men of Israel were gathered against the city, united as one man. So they are very outraged by this. Mm-hmm. Because you, this is this is different. If they went, if they, they would have been mad about the Canaanites doing it, but this is your own people that did this. Yeah. And this man and his people were supposed to be saved, safe, in an old man house. Yeah. Among and got, his own people. Uh huh. Among his own people. So now they're gonna go to war with the Benjamites, and they take ten percent of their army. Uh-huh. They ain't sending everybody right. to go after the Benjamites. Go ahead. Then the tribes of Israel sent men throughout the entire tribe of Benjamin, saying, What is this wickedness that has taken place among you? Now then, deliver up the men 
the worthless fellows in Gibeah that we may put them to death and remove this wickedness from Israel. So they say they went to the Benjamites. They didn't start the war. They said, hey, give us the people that did this. Right. Yeah. Let's see what Benjamites say. But the sons of Benjamin would not listen to the voice of their brothers, the sons of Israel. The sons of Benjamin gathered from the city to Gibeah to go out to battle against the sons of Israel. So the note says that they hardened their hearts against justice and decency of turning over criminals, even though, it, even though greatly outnumbering the war, they would not yield what was right. So a civil war resorted. Yeah. Now, most civil wars are because you fight against your own people. The civil war we had here is because they want to keep slaves and other people didn't want to keep slaves. It's all about property. Right. And so you fight against each other because one person does not understand that they're wrong. Or think that. And, and they should have just, it would have just, would have been easier to say, here, yeah, we don't feel like fighting. Here are the people who did it. Right, right. But because everybody want to do what they want to do, they was like, we ain't got to do nothing. Y'all, we ain't no king. Y'all ain't, ain't no Joshua. Ain't no Moses. We gonna do what we want to do. Yeah. What you going to do now? And we can fight better than y'all. Right. So everything of what they wanted to do was right. So the minimus felt like what they did wasn't nothing wrong with what they did. Go ahead. So, okay. From the cities on that day, the sons of Benjamin were numbered 26,000 men who draw the sword. Besides the inhabitants of Gibeah, who were numbered 700 choice men. Out of all these people, 700 choice men were left-handed. Each one could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. Then the men of Israel, besides Benjamin, were numbered 400,000 men who draw the sword. All these were men of war. Now the sons of Israel arose, went up to Bethel, and inquired of God and said, who shall go up first for us to battle against the sons of Benjamin? Then the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. So the sons of Israel arose in the morning. I'm going to make sure I want to make this note. Okay. The tribe of Judah was always responsible to lead the battle first. Mm -hmm. Because they have a leadership role. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. So the sons of Israel arose in the morning and camped against Gibeah. The men of Israel went out to battle against Benjamin. And the men of Israel arrayed for battle against them at Gibeah. Then the sons of Benjamin came out of Gibeah and fell to the ground on that day, 22,000 men of Israel. Okay, so what's wrong, what's wrong with how Israel approached this first battle? They seek the Lord. They seek the Lord to ask him to go first. Yeah. They didn't ask him how to fight them. Or should they fight them? Or should they? Yeah. Right? So God said, okay, you want to fight? Send out Judah. He didn't say he's going to win. He didn't say, I'm going to give him in your hand. He didn't say none of that. Yes. He said, Judah, go first. So, first battle. Israel, 22,000 lost. Um, Benjamites, hardly none. Right. Because they don't even mention how many they had missed. They probably just had a couple scratches. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's go to verse uh, 23. Oh, I got to read 22. Okay, we'll read 22. But the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and arrayed for battle again in the place where they had arrayed themselves the first day. The sons of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall we again draw near for battle against the sons of my brother Benjamin? And the Lord said, 
go up against them. So he still ain't taught them how to do it. He just said, go ahead. Just do what you need to do. Because remember, when Joshua asked, he said, God, how am I supposed to proceed? I'm supposed to do what I need to do, right? Go ahead. Let's see what happened. Then the sons of Israel came against the sons of Benjamin the second day. Benjamin went out against them from Gibeah the second day and fell to the ground again. 18,000 men of the sons of Israel. All these drew the sword. So, battle two. Yeah. Israel, 8,000. 8, so they got up to 40,000 uh, 40, 40, people there. Is it 40? Am I doing uh -huh. math wrong? 22 and 18. 22 and 18, right? Uh -huh. Yo, I did my math right. Yeah, uh -huh. 32. Um, and Benjamin still ain't lost nobody for real. Go ahead. Then all the sons of Israel and all the people went up and came to Bethel and wept. Thus they remained there before the Lord and fasted that day until evening. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. The sons of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the Ark of the Covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, Aaron's son, stood before it to minister in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the sons of my brother Benjamin, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into your hands. So let's talk about what they did different. What did they do different this time? So, <laughs> they went to the priest, they gave burnt offering, they fasted. And they, and they asked whether we should go forward or not. They did what they were supposed to do. They went up to God, but they didn't ask God whether this is something we should do. He so he gave them the answer. He gave them the answer they wanted to hear. Instead of them asking him, "What shall we do for real?" He knew they just wanted. He knew their hearts, right? So he wasn't. They wasn't. They didn't do it the right way. All right. They so, do it the way through the priest, because the priest is the representative of God, the sacrifice given to by okay. the priest to God. And this is the first time the Ark of Covenant is mentioned in Judges. Mm -hmm. This is the first time really yeah. any kind of religious service is mentioned in Judges. Yeah. Ain't nobody had no I mean except the fake ones. Right. Go ahead, let's go. So Israel set men in ambush around Gibeah. The sons of Israel went up against the sons of Benjamin on the third day and arrayed themselves against Gibeah as at other times. So let me make this note. This is this is this is something I wrote down when I was reading this. If they did what Joshua did, the Benjamites, okay. and read the word and read the history, okay. they wouldn't have got caught up in the trap that they had because what they're about to do, Joshua and I already did. Right. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. And we'll talk about it. Let's see. Go ahead. The sons of Benjamin went out against the people and were drawn away from the city. And they began to strike and kill some of the people as at other times on the highways. One of which goes up to Bethel and the other to Gibeah. And in the field about 30 men of Israel. The sons of Benjamin said, they are struck down before us as at the first. But the sons of Israel said, let us flee that we may draw them away from the city to the highways. Then all the men of Israel arose from their place and arrayed themselves at Baal Tamar. And the men of Israel in ambush broke out of their place, even out of Mareah Geba. 
When 10,000 choice men from all Israel came against Gibeah, the battle became fierce. But Benjamin did not know that disaster was close to them. And the Lord struck Benjamin before Israel so that the sons of Israel destroyed 25,100 men of Benjamin that day, all who draw the sword. Mm -hmm. So the sons of Benjamin saw that they were defeated. When the men of Israel gave ground to Benjamin because they relied on the men in ambush whom they had set against Gibeah, the men in ambush hurried and rushed against Gibeah. The men in ambush also de deployed and struck all the city with the edge of the sword. Now the appointed sign between the men of Israel and the men in ambush was that they would make a great cloud of smoke rise from the city. Then the men of Israel turned in the battle and Benjamin began to strike and kill about 30 men of Israel. For they said, surely they are defeated before us as in the first battle. But when the cloud began to rise from the city in a column of smoke, Benjamin looked behind them. And behold, the whole city was going up in smoke to heaven. Then the men of Israel turned, and the men of Benjamin were terrified, for they saw that disaster was close to them. Therefore, they turned their backs before the men of Israel toward the direction of the wilderness, but the battle overtook them, while those who came out of the cities destroyed them in the midst of them. They surrounded Benjamin, pursued them without rest, and trod them down opposite Gibeah, toward the east. Thus, 18,000 men of Israel, of, I'm sorry, thus 18,000 men of Benjamin fell. All these were valiant warriors. The rest turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Rimon. But they caught 5,000 of them on the highway and overtook them at Gidom and killed 2,000 of them. So all of Benjamin who fell that day were 25,000 men who draw the sword. All these were valiant warriors. But 600 men turned and fled toward the wilderness to the rock of Remnon. And they remained at the rock of Remnon four months. The men of Israel then turned back against the sons of Benjamin and struck them with the edge of the sword. Both the entire city with the cattle and all that they found. They also set on fire all the cities which they found. Okay, so let's do some math. The battle, when we talked about battle one. Israel lost 22,000, mm -hmm. then they lost 18,000, but 40,000. 40, so Benjamin had 26,000 men. At this last battle, 25,100 were lost. So 900. So 900 and 600 fled. 300. So 300 had to die in those other battles. Yeah. Okay. But that wasn't a lot, considering they had fought two times on the last 300 people. That's not a lot. So 600 people leave, and they burn the city. So my point before is they must not have read what happened in Joshua, because this happened in Joshua like that, where he they surrounded the city and burned the city, and the people flew. Yeah, and drew them out. So, so when you don't study, you don't know. That's that's a military that's a that's a, a military plan that's is that's very successful. You are good fighters and good military people. You don't remember that's the that's the worst trick in the book. It happened in Judges too. Remember, mm -hmm. we had somebody else who was fighting, and they surrounded and went around and say, "You, you since you mm -hmm. want to talk so bad about these people, you can come talk to them." And they they surrounding you. That's a, a typical military uh, trick. So now the Benjamites. Yeah, but the Benjamites also won two days' work, so they probably just got cocky. There you go. 
So then it's like, oh, well, we just, I mean, we beat them up too But that's what they said in there. Yeah. It mm -hmm. says, well, we did this before we, we yeah. got them. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that you when you don't have no leader, because it didn't say who the leader was of the Benjamites. The Israelites had a leader at the end when they okay. co they confronted the 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 priest and say okay. what to do. Okay. So when you ain't got nobody to tell you what to do and no leader, right. you nobody thinking and y'all just fighting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The civil war. All so now the Benjamites are defeated. Which leads this, this and this this had to happen before Samson because we know at Ehi's time the Benjamites were still fine, mm -hmm. oh, and we know that the nineteen and twenty are out of sequence. They said, um, I know they said 18, 18, 17, 18, 19, and twenty, and we'll get to twenty one next time are out of sequence. Oh. But they give us good points that when you are out of God, you don't ask God what to do. You're not following practice. You everybody doing what they want to do. We just willy nilly, and you see the chaos that happens. And this woman had died. She died. You know, she had some fault. She shouldn't have ran. <laughs> you know, but I, I don't know what she ran. They, they make her sound so so evil. But this, and then you notice the Levite ain't mentioned no more. <clears throat> Civil war because they were doing what they wanted to do. Mind you, if he had stopped in uh, in uh, uh, Jerusalem, would this have happened? He, he didn't stop there to avoid something like this. Right. Yeah. You can't even, you, so you mean to tell me I can't go to my, my cousin's house without having some drama? Yeah. But this is judges. So now judges, and um, the commentary I was listening to, so this is the reason why a lot of people wanted to ban the Bible from the library. Because you got homosexuality, dismemberment, rape. Mm. This is some racy stuff. I mean, this is, I mean, I ain't yeah, know this yeah, is in the Bible. Retaliation, revenge, you got all that. Yeah, this is a good miniseries, ain't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's real, because it's what happens now. It is what happens now. And it happened in the past. It happened, in, it, it repeats itself. And you talked about judges as a progression of, of a nation getting falling farther and further away from God. Mm hmm. They further, further. And now Benjamin is gone. Because it lines up with Romans chapter 1. You know, gave them up to their own lust and desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they were doing whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. And they're all... And they're doing what was right in their own lives. Yeah. So, next week, we will go to chapter 21, and that'll be the last chapter of Judges. Not next week. It is next week. Yeah, yeah. Next week, we'll be doing 21. We'll end Judges. And then uh, we'll go from there. Um, I would like to open this up to questions. Um, if you have questions on Facebook, please let us know. Um, I'll go to the uh, Walk and Truth page. And if you have questions online, please let us know now. On the phone, we'll get to you in a second. Let's see if anybody has any questions on Facebook. I see there's none. Heavenly Father, we come right now, God. We just thank you. We praise your name, God. We thank you for us seeing you through these this scriptures, God. 
We ask you to protect those that are on, on, on Facebook watching. Ask you to protect those on the phone and those who are in person. Protect us from this disease, Lord, in this holiday season. Protect our hearts for those who are grieving. And in this time, it's even worse because of COVID-19 and grief. So, God, we just ask you to keep us and guide us and let us remember and take heed of what this word says. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Questions? Thank you all for tuning in today. I truly hope the message you heard was inspiring and encouraging. I love you, but the Lord loves you way more. Remember to be blessed, motivated, and always inspired to do what the Lord lays on your heart. If you do not have a place of worship, please consider Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church your home. We are safe place to worship, supporting the edification of the body with all of its gifts. Sound biblical teaching is at the center of our worship as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Sharing the fruit of the Spirit and moving forward in faith through serving our community is our privilege and pleasure. Please feel free to contact the ministry at 636-344-0539 or email us at witminyahoo.com. Thank you for your consideration, be blessed, encouraged, and walk in the truth of the Lord. We worship at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ Building, located at 2301 Wallace Avenue, Overland, Missouri, 63114. The times of worship are 8.30 a.m. on Sunday and 7 p.m. on Tuesday. You may also join us on Facebook at the Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship page or the Walk in Truth Radio Network YouTube page. All are welcome and we look forward to teaching you the truth about God, teaching you to be committed, accountable, and responsible to the things of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit.